Hello there, and welcome to the How to Market Your Horse Business podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me today. As you've likely guessed by now, my name is Denise Alvarez, and just in case we are new friends, I love to briefly tell you about myself and my business so that you know who's on the other side of the microphone, and then we will jump into our interview today as I have a super fun guest for you to meet. So as I said, my name is Denise, and through my business, Storm Lily Marketing, I get to help horse business owners like you turn your website visitors into your customers. I do that through coaching, as well as website design and content, email marketing strategy, and my monthly coaching program called Social Stride. I do each of these things, including this podcast, because I want to help you be out doing what you really love to do, right? I want you to be able to be out on the back of the horse doing what you love. I get that not everybody loves marketing, and so I'm here to help make it simple and practical and doable for you. So I love to provide some step-by-step strategies and basic how-tos so that you can not only see what's possible for your horse business, but so I can guide you to get there help you make it happen. That's my goal. So today on the podcast, I'm super excited because my new friend Barbara Schulte is going to help you get there. And she has even broken her thoughts down into some steps, which I told her I love, because that is my love language, right? Step by step processes. And I didn't even ask her to do that. But she has such a wealth of experience. And she is my very first Cowgirl Hall of Famer to be a guest on the podcast. So I was pretty excited when she said yes. And just before we get to the podcast, I want to share with you a bit of her background. Now, you all know that as I introduce a guest, I typically like to let them share their own background and story. And so Barbara will do that. But she has such a deep background that she uh, kind of gave you a beautiful overview. But I wanted you to hear a little bit more because I wanted you to have a full understanding of why she's such a great person to learn from and the depth of the experience that she is bringing to you all because she wants to help her fellow horse business owners. So I want to share a little bit more about Barbara and then we will jump into my conversation with her. Now, back in 1983, Barbara's love of horses led her to the competitive arena again, where she began her career as a professional horse trainer. And in 1986, after reading Mental Toughness for Sports by Dr. James Lair, which you will hear her talk about, she began incorporating his training techniques. And over time, she saw the results. And in 1988, she captured the NCHA Derby, the National Cutting Horse Association, for those of you who are not aware of that one, the 1992 NCHA Super Stakes Classic, and the 1992 Augusta Futurity. She was the first woman to wear the crowns for all three championships, which is beautiful. So she had a lot of success with that early on. And in 1994, she recognized the benefits of that program, that mentally tough program, which you will hear her talk about mental toughness a lot. She wanted to share what she'd been learning. So she actually became a personal performance coach. She went and got certified and has conducted clinics and seminars throughout the United States, Canada, Australia, and Europe. She's published multiple books since then. She has online training programs. She has in-person clinics and retreats, and she really right now is gearing her content toward mental toughness and confidence, which you will hear. Now, I want to also share some of the other awards that she's received. 
again, just so that you can see the depth and the breadth of the wisdom and the experience that she's bringing here. And just to honor her, frankly, for all the things that she has done and how she has helped the equestrian industry in so many ways. So in 2000, Barbara was awarded the prestigious National Female Equestrian of the Year Award given by the American Quarter Horse Association in conjunction with the Women's Sports Foundation. In 2012, she was inducted into the National Cowgirl Hall of Fame, which is one of the most prestigious honors possible for women equestrians, especially in the Western industry. And she's been a judge at Road to the Horse, the Colt starting competition, numerous times, as well as the 2021 Western Horsemen Women of the West Award and the American Horse Publications Equine Visionary Award winner. Now, again, honestly, Barbara doesn't know that I was going to be reading these things in the intro, because as I said, I did ask her to provide her own background so that you could hear it in her words. But she's so kind and generous with her time and graciously shared with us what she has learned over the years. I wanted to make sure that you all have a full understanding of why she has so much wisdom, the experience that she has, and the passions that she has, right, for mental toughness and confidence and the information that she has learned and how she is sharing it with others. So this conversation was so good, I actually decided to break it up into two different episodes. So this week, you will hear the first portion of my interview with Barbara. And then next week, you will hear the second portion. Because I wanted you to be able to take what she's saying, chew on it for a little while, and see how you can apply it to your business. And there was so much goodness, I did not want you to miss out because you were looking for how you could apply one thing and maybe miss out on something else. So I've broken it up into two conversations for that reason, okay? So that's enough from me. I want you to hear from Barbara. So here is my conversation with Barbara Schulte. All right. Barbara Schulte is here. I'm so, so grateful. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Hey, Denise. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on this podcast. I think that the work that you're doing is much needed. Uh, Business is always a challenge, and I think the horse business has its own unique challenges. So I'm happy to share with everyone anything that you ask me or that I know I'm an open book. So thank you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. It, it really is an honor, vice versa, to have you. And I know that everybody listening will so appreciate you sharing what you've learned. So I appreciate your openness. So I know many of my listeners will hear your name and automatically know who you are. But I also have listeners, which I'm very thankful for, in different backgrounds and different disciplines. And so everybody may not be familiar with you. So I would love it, if you would, to share a bit about your background and um, how you landed on what you're doing nowadays. Okay. Um, I grew up, first of all, uh, in Southern Illinois on a, they call them farms back there, but it was really like a small ranch uh, with four to 500 horses, uh, five kids marketing the family horses, uh, showing on the weekends. The idea was to take horses to the show and to not come back with the horse. And then I went to... um, I'm going to go really fast through this. I went fast <laughs> forward. I went um, to school, to undergraduate school, and then I got a master's degree later in speech pathology and audiology. 
but through my husband, I got back into training cutting horses and showing cutting horses. I did that from about maybe 1987 through, well, this is really dating me. <laughs> I say that. From about 1987 through uh, 2018, at the, in January 2018, I stopped training horses. But all the while that I was training horses, I was doing, I, I always loved to teach. And from the very beginning, I did clinics and I loved having amateurs and non-pros. I also had another passion, which is to understand how people can be all that they can be, not to be corny about that or anything, but you know, for all of us to uh, truly reach our potential. And at the time I was showing cutting horses on world-class stages. And as fate would have it, I got to meet Dr. Jim Lair at the Human Performance Institute at in Orlando, Florida, where I became certified to become a personal performance coach for all equestrian dis disciplines. And that training single-handedly changed my life. I absolutely fell in love with it. My competitiveness soared. I became the first woman to win a couple of major events in cutting. And I immediately started teaching that information to my clients. And they started doing well, winning national titles. And from that point on, I started to write books and cutting and personal performance. And I did audio programs. And now I do online training programs. And in 19, or 1918, in 2018, <laughs> 1918, it's not quite that long ago. In, in 2018, um, I started to develop my entire career to only teaching and so I do a mix of live events as well as online live events and also do courses in personal performance and some in cutting and cow horse things because you know cattle and cow horse events have grown substantially over the years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And can I just say well done in the snapshot? Because I know, like you said, I'm sure that felt like you were just speeding through because you have such a wealth of experience, frankly, and which is why I'm so grateful you're here. So I know that some people would not be able to do that so easily. So I think you did a great job giving everybody just a beautiful picture of the experience that you've had, where your passions are now, and how what you're doing now even came to be. And I love, um, I love that. I actually listened to your podcast episode with Dr. Lair, and it was so interesting hearing some of that background and, and thinking about it through your perspective and what you've been able to put out into the performance world to really help people with their performance. Uh, and I, and it, honestly, you trained for longer than you're doing these things, right? Technically, but I think that this is what's on the tip of your tongue, right? Because this is where you're at right now. So I love that. Yes. Well, I have 
such a tremendous passion for um, understanding the human spirit, understanding, you know, really how, and I'm all these kind of cliche things are coming to my mind, but (laughs) really how we either make our dreams come true or we work towards our dreams coming true and how much true uh, potential there is for uh, the way we think and the way we act and the actions that we take. And even if our particular idea of our dream doesn't come true with the vision that we have, you know, a clear vision that really excites each of us and our own passions and what we love. With that in mind, we go on this incredible road that we have no idea where it's going to take us. And that's a really fascinating and fun part of the adventure. So I just really love that. And I love to study it. A lot of people think that, you know, it's interesting, maybe and inspiring and a little airy fairy. But there are there's so much research and so much information. And I love sharing it with people. And when it comes to horses, it makes all the difference in uh, how we ride and the ability to stay focused on our job and not get derailed by nerves or fear of what other people think and some of those kinds of common challenges we all have. But the other thing is that it makes it so... um, wonderful for our everyday lives that's the best part or that's an at least an equal part it's not just about riding it's about how we think and how we feel and believing in ourselves and how we view other people and just all kinds of truly interesting things it it really is and i really appreciate the the insights that you bring to that. And I think that you'll probably share some of that as it relates to horse businesses, because many of my listeners are in a variety of stages. I definitely have those who have reached out and said they're still getting started. And I have talked to those who have been in the game for a little bit, and they're still trying to sharpen their marketing acts and their business acts. Because for many people, what they'll say is horses come easy to me. I'm passionate about that, right? But the business side, not so much. So mm-hmm. as, as we said, you have been a trainer, so you identify with that, but you also have a business now as a performance coach, you do the online training, which many horse businesses are starting to do as well. And then the in-person coaching. And so I, I believe you have a lot of insights. And so I would love for you to share some of those with us, if you would, some of those lessons or strategies or tips, however mm-hmm. you would like to frame it. Um, that if you were having coffee, cause I know that many of my listeners are thinking, I wish I could just be sitting across the table from her. I would just ask her what she would do if she was starting out, right. Or what she would do in this time frame. So what are some of those things that you would share with my listeners about that? Well, first of all, having coffee across the table with your listeners sounds like a great idea to me. <laughs> That's like a lot of fun. Um, well, I was thinking about this and I divided it up according to um, just that as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, 
you know, just your own personal journey. And then I um, thought about it in terms of um, other people relative to business. And then I thought about it in terms of, you know, what is it that you're going to sell? Because you have to have something to sell to have a business. And then I thought about it in terms of marketing. So I'll just kind of walk if that's okay, I'll just Yes, walk. I love that. I love that. If I'm not sure if you've ever listened to my podcast, but step-by-step processes are broken down into strategies. That's my favorite. So I love it. Good, good, good. Well, um, first of all, I just want to share with your listeners that some people, well, uh, back up. I know, I don't believe, I know that we all come here, we're all born with our own natural interest. And my natural interest is horses. And it's also this whole idea of teaching and and mining our spirit and our potential. And business is not really at the top of my passion list. You know, like some people are just like, man, they just rub their hands together as far as business goes. It's just so intriguing to them. And I think that it's very interesting. Um, So I've had, so I, like your listeners, have had to learn and become disciplined about the business side of things. Because if we're not an entrepreneur, if we're not a business then we can't really get our message or our service very effectively out into the world, no matter how much we want to do that or no matter how awesome our message is or service is. So from a personal viewpoint, I just said that as a little vignette when you said, you know, how would you get started? And a lot of times people aren't you know, I have never done the business side of it. So I just wanted people to know that I understand. So from the personal side, I think it's really important um, to figure out what it is that you love and that who you are and to do you. It's a little bit like when I was showing horses, I would see all of these people, and I still do do this, that I so admired their brand of showing what they were like. And so I would take a little piece from each one of those people. And I knew early on, I'm not sure how I knew this, that in order for me to become a world-class competitor in the cutting arena, that I had to have my own style of presentation and the, the, not the way that I did things in terms of, you know, I'm going to do it my way kind of a thing, but just to be who I was and take the little things I admired. So I think that it's important that you have the courage to really, you know, look inside, see what you truly love and, and go for that because when you have that passion and you have that purpose, uh, purpose is a fuel 
for energy expenditure. Like when you like just, I, I have got to do this. You know, I love this. You know, I, I, I just want to do it. And it, you know, I, I want to help blah, blah, that, um, that just really shines through and it's important to not to try to be exactly like someone else although you can take bits and pieces the other thing from a personal level is that you don't have to be perfect that's a huge one a lot of times um people are held back because they think that they aren't really worthy of doing certain things but if you, we all have some kind of expertise and love, and we learn by doing, we learn by studying, we learn by falling, failing, and we learn by rising back up. And actually, what's interesting is that people love it when they see very well-known people be imperfect because it feels like oh yeah you just put these people up on pedestals like they're um they have no flaws or they've always had it together and they're but we're all on on a journey and perfection is the last thing it's more clarity about your vision more having a goal more taking action, seeing what worked, what didn't work, than perfection. That's really important because even products and you know things you do, they don't have to be perfect. Just they need to be good. They need to be quality. They need to have an excellence, but not perfection. The other thing, and this probably comes without saying, but it's hard work having your own business. I mean, I'm still working very, very hard. I really love what I do. Um, it's just, we. it's easy to think, oh man, this is so hard. There's so many hours, but that's just part of the, part of it. And um, I'm probably the people who are listening to this aren't afraid of hard work or they wouldn't be thinking about, or they wouldn't be in the middle of their own businesses. This is true, yeah. Uh, the other thing, per, this is all in the personal realm, is to make it fun for yourself. And we can have all the passion and do all the things, but after a while, especially with all the work, if we don't do little things to make it fun, like if you do a clinic or you give lessons or you create a product or you do videos or whatever it is that you do, um, the more fun you can make it. In fact, in the there's a whole piece of the training I do and about being in the zone or the ideal performance state, and it's a combination of emotions. And the most important one is for things to be fun. And so I think that making it fun for yourself is important as well as for your clients, like not to be so serious. And then the last little piece or personally is to just let the naysayers go 
Mm. Because when you put yourself out there, um, there's there will always be people who will not be very positive. And when I first started, just a little story, when I when I first started doing um, mental skills training, I was one of the first people in the horse industry. I I started training with Dr. Lair um, in the late mid to late 1990s. And it would be, they would tease me and say, oh, it's all that Barbara Schulte stuff. And <laughs> um, then they would run out and listen to an audio tape or read my book. Or <laughs> and uh, because it really wasn't understood that the how you think and how you act and and the emotions that you call up um, for calmness and focus are trained skills they're not something that you learn by default by just walking into the arena and so that has all so expanded and is much more mainstream now but i really had to keep um trusting and believing in myself and just allow whoever said what, and, and that still happens, you know, today. I, I mean, especially on social media, as we all know, that can be um, pretty brutal. But fortunately, I don't have a lot of that to contend with. But um, anyway, just in general, just allow that, just let it go. I can't change it. It's just a part of the journey. Um, okay. Uh, no, before you jump on to the next, because there's so much goodness and that I want to help unpack a little bit for our listeners, um, because I can see how each one as they're listening, they're going, Oh, that's good. Oh, I need to remind that. So I would love a practical. So I love that you provided an example. So what did it look like to you practically? So you have a dream, you believe that you're going to see this come to fruition, right? You're like, I know I can see how this applies. I know this is going to happen in the show pan. I know this is going to help people in their horsemanship. When you have the naysayers, what are some practical ways that you kind of set that aside and just stayed in your zone and stayed focused? I think, Denise, that um, there's a question that has been a guiding light for me, and it is, what do I have control of hmm. and, and what's my job? And when, whether it's showing a horse or whether it's in business, it is one of the wisest things to do is to let, is to ask ourselves a question when things, weird things come up. Because if we don't have control of something, then what happens if we if we spend a lot of energy on it, we just kind of go in circles and there's no good answer. For example, if if um, someone one of the worst or one of the most non-productive questions as a teacher that we can ask a student is like, why did you do that? Well, the, the only answer is because I guess I'm kind of a dummy or I guess I just don't have the ability and talent. And it's, it's the same whether it's the weather, it's the same if someone makes a comment, it's anything, it's the same about the judge. 
anything that we don't have control of is something that is not really worthy of our energy or does it take us to where we want to go to invest energy in to trying to unravel it now if there is a relationship challenge maybe it would be a good idea at some point in time if if something needs to be addressed you know but in that particular situation what you would have control of is your honesty and integrity and how you approach someone to try to unravel it but you ultimately still do not have control of what they think and and how they feel and and how they respond so while that sounds easy easier said than done if the answer is do i have control of this and if the answer is no then the next thing to tell ourselves is let it go if the answer is yes then the if you do have control of it then the next question is what's my job like what is what is my job barbara schulte do your job stay here come back down to earth what <laughs> job what do you have control of Okay, that's so good. So when you spoke at the AHP conference last fall, you had actually mentioned a book by Andre Agassi. And so I got that book. And what you're saying is reminding me of that because very often he would say to himself, control what you can control, control what you can control. And that's very much what you're saying. And that's beautiful advice. Yes, yes. Well, okay. well it's a big yeah. one. Because we spend a lot of time <laughs> right. fussing about other people, fussing about situations, fussing about, you know, things that supply chain, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We need to just take whatever challenges come and redirect them. Yeah. And then you, you make a great point, though, because sometimes there may be things as a business owner that you can't control, but you can see it's coming and you can make smart choices about your business and make actions of what you said. Okay, I can't control this, but here are the things that I can control, right? I can control my response. I control my communications with my customers. I, you know, those figure out what you can control. And then, like you said, do your job well within those reins. Yes. Exactly. Okay, beautiful. What do you have next? Okay. Um, actually, I don't have this jotted down on my note here, notes here, but I think this is really important. How we invest our time as business owners is really important. So here's my challenge. I love to create content. I love to do videos. I love to write. I love to do all those things. Having a... Uh, you know, clear marketing strategy with all of the things, all the people and social media and ads and all that stuff is um, not really my natural cup of tea. But early on, I took a marketing um, online course and was told that we should really spend 80% of our time marketing 
and 20% of our time building content it was like, no way. I'm, I'm <laughs> I, you know, I, I want to do just the opposite. And uh -huh. so I also think that there needs to be time set aside. And I know that time is a very precious commodity, but constantly investing in ourselves to learn, which your listeners are listening to this podcast. So obviously that's one way that they are investing in themselves. Investing in ourselves to keep learning, whether it's product creation, whether it's marketing, is so very important. You know, it's a little bit like saying, well, you know, I just don't have time to exercise. I just, uh, you know, I've got so much stuff to do. I, you know, need to ride my horses. I need to, you know, I, I, I'm going to go show. I've got clients. I want to do this product. I don't really have time to exercise. Well, the, the reality is, is I understand that. And I'll just use that example. But we need our physical bodies. And we can only really perform at our highest level with an intact physical body. And as we get older, it's even more important. And in business, I think a part of that time, so we're going to take a 10% off of the 80% of marketing. Um, this is Barbara Schulte's formula. <laughs> to invest in um, both free and paid uh online courses or going to live events to keep um, learning because there's so much in business and it seems it can seem overwhelming when you think about your team you think about administrative things you think about social media you think about ads you think about your, um, you know, depending upon the business, you, you know, you're, if you're a trainer, you have staff at the barn, you have all your relationships with your people, um, the clinics, you set them up, market them, all of those things. And it does get to be overwhelming. But I think it comes down to one day at a time. And just make sure that everyone takes care of themselves, um, you know, both physically but and, and mentally and also in the learning part. So I just happen to think about that. And I think that that is a very important thing because what happens is that you just keep learning and that is really forever. That never really stops. And if we always put off Oh, I don't have time. Yeah, you know, I really want to listen to that podcast, or I really want to listen, or I really want to take that course about how to launch a product. But I don't have time. You know, I, and maybe you don't have time at that moment because you're going to a big horse show. But there needs to be time set aside to do it. So that's a piece of advice that I think is important. Extremely. You know, it reminds me earlier this year, I did a goal setting workshop. And one of the things we talked about was that idea of time as we were making goals. And I had also shared similarly, and it's something that I have to say to myself too, is that really when we say we don't have time, it's kind of a false statement because really it's a matter of the priorities we choose. 
and giving ourselves freedom to say right now, that's not a priority to me. And that's, that's the truth. And that's not a bad thing. Sometimes we think that those things, just saying that makes you feel, especially going back to what you said about those perfectionists, which I happen to be one, you know, when you say something like that, you kind of think I'm a failure because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but instead it can give you the freedom to go. I'm not going to let this hang over my head because I'm not doing it at this moment. Because like you said, I'm preparing, I'm heading to a big show at this moment. That's not a priority to me, but this and this is a priority for me in my business. So this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to make it a priority in the next three months, or this, you know, I'm going to block off this time, like getting super tactical and saying, I'm going to make it a priority. And this is what it's going to look like or saying right now it's not and finding some freedom in that too. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. I've never really heard it expressed that way. As far as the freedom part goes, that's, that's really good. Um, and I think, Denise, that there's one, um, it's not really a trick or a secret. I, I haven't found, I guess, a strategy or a, a way to do things is to have the discipline, even if it's to invest 15 minutes a day. It's amazing how much we can um, accumulate in anything, whether it's doing exercises, whether it's um, reading inspiration, making sure we keep our spirit, uh, mo you know, motivated and inspired for why we even do what we do to begin with, uh, investing in ourselves, learning, just a little bit of time each day or most days is, um, it's golden. And it's one of the things that has really served me well. And I can't really say that enough because we tend to think of things in this huge, massive, bolder chunk of something to do where it's the old eat the elephant one step at a time. And there's really great satisfaction in that. And we end up learning more than we realize we are as we take those steps. Yeah, that's great advice. Absolutely. All right, friends, what did I tell you? Do you not love her? Now, I'm sure you also noticed, and if we are new friends, you may not know this, but I tend to be a fast talker. And one of the things that I loved about Barbara is that she slows down and really processes her thoughts. And it's really been teaching me a lot about slowing down as well. So you may have noticed there's a speed difference uh, when we were talking. And I did try to slow down to balance that out. But I so appreciate just the way that she thinks about her words and wants to really convey a message. And so when whether you needed to hear the message of you don't have to be perfect to get started and just take some action, or maybe you needed to hear the message about letting the naysayers go and realizing what you have control over and what you don't and finding freedom in that, or maybe there's something else. I know there was so much goodness, but I hope that what you heard, you're able to take to heart and really apply in your horse business. And as you do, as you have those things that are like snippets and golden nuggets, if you would share about those on social media, let other people know to listen to this episode because it will encourage them as well. 
I would love that. And if you do, make sure that you tag me, Storm Lily Marketing. Make sure that you tag Barbara as well, because we would love to hear some of your takeaways and what you're going to take and apply in your own business. All right. Okay, as I promised, Barbara will be back. So stay tuned for next week's episode where she's going to get a little more practical in terms of sharing what she does to market her business, why she does it, and how you can do it on your own terms and what that would look like for you. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, make sure that you let Barbara know how much she's appreciated. Head over to the show notes at stormlily.com slash 70, and you'll see a summary of my conversation with her as well as the links so that you can visit her website, visit her on social media, and give her some encouragement for the great encouragement she's provided us today. Okay, I'm so grateful you were here and I hope you will come back next week and learn even more. But until then, have an awesome day. 